0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. Shortly
1: after the creation of humanity, Adam and Eve made a decision that they would not believe God. They decided to believe the serpent and to believe his lie that if they were to know the differences between good and evil, then they could be like God. Or at the very least, they could be an improvement over what they were at that time. It was a lie that they believed and God allowed them to believe that and to live that way. And I sincerely believe that the reason why God permitted mankind to fall into this condition that we are now in was so that he could show that by knowing what is good and evil, we still could not function as he intended. That we really do need him, that we need our God, and that there is no hope outside of us having him with us, having him within us, that there is no hope in any way whatsoever, that there will never be any peace in our hearts, there will never be any rest, We will continually be condemned to live in a condition of despair, that there will be no alternative, no alternative of any kind, but what our God would provide for us in the future. And that was something that he accomplished through the Lord Jesus. At the appointed time, the Lord Jesus came and he resolved this matter. The Lord Jesus came at the time in history When the children of Israel who remained at that point recognized as the Jews, more specifically the Pharisees, who were the people who believed that they had finally found a way to live according to the knowledge of good and evil, they believed that they had found a way to successfully live according to the commandments that God gave through Moses as his contribution to this effort of humanity to try to find a way to live without him. And that they had finally succeeded in such a way that they could live without him. It was at this time that God came personally. He manifested in the flesh. And he spoke to the people and he said, You have not succeeded. You think you have, but you have not succeeded. Your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees or you will in no way enter the kingdom of heaven. You might believe that you are impressive here. But the day is soon approaching when you will discover that you are not as impressive as you think you are. And it's in your interest to acknowledge that now, because if you wait till later, it will be too late. The other nations recognized that the Gentiles were in a condition that they believed that they had finally found a way to live in peace with each other, with themselves, in their relationships with one another And they believed that through their religions, they would have meaning and purpose in their lives. So this was the time in history that God finally came. He came personally to tell people that they were not experiencing the peace and rest that he created them for. And he provided the gospel, the good news of his coming, and the purpose for which he came. He came in order to forgive the sins of humanity and to offer to humanity the spirit of life that was lost in Adam. All they needed to do was turn away from this pursuit. All they needed to do was recognize that through the previous 4,000 years of history, there was nothing but failure according to the knowledge of good and evil. That through knowing what was good or knowing what was evil, there was still no peace in anyone's heart. He told them that he had the solution to this problem, that they needed to be forgiven, and through that forgiveness, they would be set free from the condemnation that they were under according to the law. If they would only believe in his forgiveness, that's all they had to do, was just simply believe and trust in that, and then turn to him for the free gift of of the Holy Spirit that was lost because of this pursuit, because of this lie, because of this deception. If they would only do that, then they would be saved. This is what the gospel was about. It was about sin and death and forgiveness and the restoration of life. In Romans chapter 10, in verse 12, it says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. But in order to call on him, in order to receive the riches that he had for them, in order to submit to him as their Lord, they would have to abandon their religion. They would have to abandon their belief that through their knowledge of good and evil, through their laws that they had applied in their lives, even through the law that God gave through Moses, that they would have to abandon that In order to embrace the Messiah so that he could lead them, he could guide them, he could grow them, he could mature them, he could be their God in a way that he could have never been before because of the demands of the laws that define the religions throughout the entire world, that this was not just about the law of Moses. It was about all the laws, all the religions, all the faiths, and all the derivations thereof, all the philosophies of life. All of that had to be abandoned. There is no distinction between the Jew and the Gentile because they both have their own systems of laws. They have their own standards, their own ideas concerning good and evil. And even though their ideas are legitimate, Even though they are true, that is still not how our God created us to live. If people would just call on his name and turn to him for what he has to offer, if people would just do that, then they would be saved. In verse 13 it says, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But in order for them to call on the name of the Lord, they're going to have to hear About him. When the Lord Jesus died, he was done with his ministry. What he had to say was said. Now, there is certainly a lot more that he has to say, but the things that he has to say beyond what he had already said are for those who know him, those who have been resurrected, those who are his children. He's got a lot more to say. There is no end to what he will reveal to those who are his children, to those who are resurrected, to those who can know the things of God. He said himself personally that there was so much more that he wanted to share with us, but that we could not bear it. But the Holy Spirit would be sent to us and he would lead us and he would guide us into all truth so that he could begin to reveal to us those things that Jesus said he would. But until then, the message is still the same. You are dead and you need to be resurrected. Without that, there is nothing more to be said. But the way that our God decided to share this message of salvation, to share this message of reconciliation, the way that he decided to do this was to give the message to people who would believe him and to send them out into the world to tell others about what our God has to offer. And through that, people will hear, and then they will respond, and they will either respond by accepting what is offered, or they will respond by rejecting what is offered. But everyone will respond. Now, I believe that the evidence is overwhelming to show that there is enough available for everyone to be confronted with, so that they will know that there is a God and there is no other. And that his eternal power and Godhead and his provision for humanity, according to his mercy and grace, that it can all be known just by the things that he has created. And so I sincerely believe that everyone, everyone who stands before God will be accountable for what they were confronted with. And they will be accountable for their rejection of him, and they will have a place in his kingdom if they accepted him. But that there is more than enough available for everyone to make a decision concerning the reality of God and their need for his forgiveness and mercy. There is plenty available for people to know that. And so there is no necessity for anyone to hear anything else. But I believe that through his mercy and through his grace, he has sent people and he will continue to send people out into the world to tell people about the gospel, about the good news of reconciliation, that even though there is enough, he will still do more. And he has given this message to everyone who believes him, everyone. If you are a recipient of the good news of the Lord Jesus, if you have received the gospel, then by default, he has also sent you out into the world to share this message with other people. No matter how you do it, no matter how many people you share it with, just because you are a recipient of the gospel, just because you believe it, he has also given it to you to share with other people. And there is an abundance of people, an abundance of people in the world who are waiting for someone like you, for someone like me to tell them about the good news of the Lord Jesus. And beyond that, there is still so much more that He has revealed to us, that He has clearly revealed to us in the Scriptures that he wants us to know, that he wants us to share with others. And he has given these truths to us to share with others. So do that. Engage the world. Interact with the world. Meet new people all the time. Whenever you encounter someone, look for a reasonable opportunity to say something to them that will be well received, that they would be willing to listen to. Look for those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities and share with people all that the Lord has revealed to you. Because if people do not go and proclaim the gospel, fewer people will hear it. Now, I do believe that even if fewer people hear it, everyone is still going to be accountable because enough is available. But just because there is enough doesn't mean there shouldn't be more. He has sent us to do more, to say more, to share more, to do it more, not to stop, but to engage the world with the message of the Lord Jesus and the reconciliation that he has provided to the entire world so that people can have the opportunity to be saved. If you have received the gospel, go forward and proclaim it, because if people do not proclaim it, other people won't hear it. They won't hear it again, and again, and again. And if people are not continually confronted with it, then they will have fewer opportunities to make a decision to submit to Jesus as their Lord and King and Savior. There is nothing wrong with a person continually hearing the appeal of God. There is nothing wrong with that at all. We don't have to turn away from people and say, I will never, ever tell you about Jesus again. This is a very serious matter. This is eternity that I am talking about. And because it is so serious, I believe that the continual, the continual evangelism that we get to participate in is important and that we should continue to perpetuate the message even to those who have already heard it, and rejected it, perhaps one day they might think otherwise and they might be willing to accept it. And so I believe that we should continually try to find new and creative ways, in addition to the regular ways that work as well, that we should continually try to find new opportunities to share Jesus, even if it's with people who have heard about him already, because one day they still might believe. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, They did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And then in verse 18 it says, But I say, surely, they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, all the day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. This is a prophecy that was given that describes the Gentiles accepting the message of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, more than the children of Israel did, and that we should not be surprised that very few of Israel will believe the gospel. This is not to say that no one will, but very few in comparison with the others who weren't looking for him at all, but he went out to them to find them and he saved them now one of the barriers or obstacles or what paul refers to as the stumbling block or the stumbling stone at the end of romans chapter 9 one of the obstacles that people have is the law the lo- whatever law it is the law their religion the law that defines their religion their system of bondage how they live that which defines what is good and evil it's one of the obstacles and for the gentiles they did have Various religions that they believed in, various standards that they lived by. It wasn't as if they had the complete absence of law. But one of the things that made it much easier for them to abandon their law in order to turn to the Messiah and enter into the new covenant, one of the things that made it easier for them to do that, when you compare them with the Jews at that time, one of the things that made it easier was that God did not give them those laws, For the Jews, it was much more difficult because God did give them the commandments that they were trying to obey. And because of that, it was much more difficult to turn away from those. Because if God gave them, then why would we turn from them? There's something wrong there. No, not when you understand why he gave them. Not when you understand the big picture. Not when you understand the fall of humanity and what it would take in order to reconcile humanity. Now, I explained earlier that the gospel has been given to each one of us. And because we have received the gospel, just because we have received it, we are now participants in the work that God is doing because we have something. We have something to share with others. And we should go out and share that with others. Now, there are limitations concerning the amount of work that people can do. There are limitations concerning how much a person can share the gospel. There are limitations just because we have to do things. We have to work. We have to take care of our households. There are many obligations that we have in this world. But regardless of the obligations that we have, there are still opportunities here and there. And I have found that when one person speaks to one person, it can be more effective in many cases than if one person tries to speak to a large group of people. And so don't underestimate the significance of the message that you have received and the opportunities that you will have to share that message with others. Even if it's just one person in a year or one person in a month or perhaps one person in a week, no matter how often that might be, The significance of one person personally testifying to another person about something that is important to them is not something to be underestimated. I find it to be extremely powerful and important. And I have found that most people will turn to the Lord Jesus because of sincere circumstances like this. But there are still other opportunities. There are people like myself right now. I am broadcasting on this radio station this message and many messages that I have already produced. I broadcast these messages and people hear these messages. People who I would never have the opportunity to speak with in any other way. I would never have access to them in any way other than this. This is the only way because of the life that I live, the obligations that I need to fulfill those things that I need to do and take care of, I would never be able to interact with those people. And you also probably would never be able to interact with the people who are listening to this station at this time, this program right now, just like you are. You would probably never have the opportunity to share Jesus with them. But because of this means of communication, with the help of supporters, I am able to pay for this airtime and I can reach out, To tens of thousands of people every day, if not more, I can reach out to an incredible number of people who I never would have been able to reach otherwise. People who are already accountable before God because they have already seen enough. They have already heard enough. Somebody has already spoken to them about Jesus, but I'm going to talk to them again and again and again. There is more to be said and I'm going to say that too. And when people work together, they can do things like this. I am able to do this work because people help me to do this work. If you can help me to do this work, then help me. The way that I have constructed this ministry is such that it can grow or contract easily based on the contributions that are made. I structure this to be highly elastic. I can expand the outreach that I'm doing if more people give or if people give more, or I will contract the amount of outreach that I am doing quickly and easily if people give less or less people give. But if you would like to participate and help me with the work that I am doing, if you recognize and you believe that this is effective, that this is changing people's lives as they discover their God and more about him, then help me to do it. And if you don't want to help me to do it, then that's fine. Don't. Help somebody else. Help somebody else who is communicating the true gospel of sin and death and forgiveness and the restoration of life and help them do it. And if you're not willing to help anybody do it, then you do it. You do more. You do something because there is a lot to be done. There is no end to the amount of evangelism that can still take place. And so let's do it. You know, truth is a very difficult thing to sell. Very, very difficult. It is something that has to be supported as a cause. It's not something that you do expecting a return from personally. It's something that you do because it's the right thing to do. It's something that you do because you want other people to know the truth like you do. And because of that, it's very, very difficult to find people to help spread the gospel. It's very, very difficult. But it doesn't take many. It doesn't. A few people can do great things if they work together. I personally have been telling people about the Lord Jesus since I met him. Since I found out who he was, I discovered what he had accomplished. I have devoted the majority of my life to tell people about him and about what he's done. And so they can be saved and experience a personal relationship with him. And I will never, ever stop telling people about Jesus. No matter what I have at my disposal, if I'm able to broadcast on twice as many radio stations or half as many radio stations, or if I never, ever broadcast on a radio station again, it won't matter to me. Because I will continue to find people, and I will tell them about the Lord Jesus, about the new covenant, about his grace and mercy, his forgiveness, and the resurrection. There will be no end, because there is no end of opportunities. And so as long as there is breath within me, I will speak of Jesus. I will do that. And no one will stop me as long as I'm alive. The Lord my God has given me a message and He has sent me out into the world to share this message and people will hear and people will believe. People have heard and people have believed and so I believe that people will still hear and they will still believe. I trust that the message that my God has given to me and that He has sent me out with is His message and through that great things will result. Do not be afraid. Do not fear anything or anyone. Believe your God and trust in him and engage the world. Engage it and know that, yes, most will reject the message, but there are some who will embrace it. Go find them and find them now. You know, sometimes people take this position or this attitude, they have this attitude that we have to wait until the ultimate crisis takes place as if we need a crisis of some kind for people to embrace the gospel. Now, I understand that sometimes people do embrace the gospel. They do turn to God in the midst of a crisis. But you don't have to wait until then before you share Jesus with them. Even though they may not respond now, they will not forget what you say to them when you say it to them with conviction from the depths of your being. That is not something that people forget. Be encouraged and do not be afraid.
0: You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. Yeah. you.